So hi guys, welcome to another rip-roaring episode of the Photography Bar that's going to blow your socks off. I've got uh, Mark and Robert with me as always and today we're joined by, um, sorry Robert, you were going to say hello there, weren't you? Uh, no, it's fine. It's all right. <laughs> it's smooth, guys. It normally takes smooth. us one take, Karen. Once we're in the flow, we're in the flow. All right. And also, I'm very pleased to say we've got Karen Massey as well, who's a director of the BIPP, uh, who's joining us today. So hi, Karen, and thank you for coming into the bar. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay. No, you're welcome. Okay. So we're going to jump straight in, and we're going to talk about the BIPP. And Karen, um, tell us who the BIPP are, what is it that you do, um, sell it to us, get us to become members. <laughs> right, well, firstly, I've got to correct you guys in that it is the BIPP and I am a director, you're quite right, uh, but actually Martin, um, who is the CEO, uh, Martin Baines, who is the CEO of the British Institute of Professional Photography, would fine you all £2 for calling it the BIPP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, if you call it the BIP, that's even worse. It takes a fiver off you for that. So, oh, um, oh, my word. Yeah. Well, just send, send so, yeah. Cam, you already owe them a tenner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a good start. You know, the, you know, the photography show, they... When we had the organisers of the photography show on a while ago, they insisted that we always call it the photography show and the video show. You can't call it the photography and video show. They insisted. I suppose. I guess it's their branding, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. It'd be like us just being called like the the photog bar. Ah, oh, yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about that? The or even the oh. tog bar. Oh, the tog bar. Yeah, that's it's all see, the that's tog the, bar. Yeah, no, it's the, <laughs> it's the photography bar. So, or imagine if someone yeah. says it's TB, it's TPB, <laughs> TPB. See, that, yeah. so I totally get it. There, we, we yeah. here we are doing what you know. What you know, we're, we're abbreviating it all down to to BIP and things. But no, you're right. It's, yeah. it's, it's the British Institute of Institute of Professional Photographers. Just as we are the photography bar. There we go. So okay. that's that's put it into perspective. So for me, yeah, like, absolutely. And I think one of the um, reasons for that as well is um, our members, so we're an organisation for professional photographers and we've been going since 1901. So it's our 120th anniversary this year. Um, Actually, at the end of this month. Yeah, thank you. Um, In a few days, I think it's the 28th of March, actually. Um, But Martin decided um, when he came on, which is nearly two years years ago now, as the CEO, he decided, uh, photo- you, you get a lot of photographers always saying, what can you do for us um, as photographers? And we want the general public to know about us. So can you promote us to the general public? And Martin was always of the um, thought that that actually starts at home with the photographers themselves. And if you're talking to the general public and saying, oh, you know, I'm a member of BIP, well, the general public have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. But if you actually say we're a member of the British Institute of Professional Photography, then that says everything in a name. So that's why um, we don't like abbreviating it. Well, it goes from something that's like a, like you say, a bit of slang almost to actually when you say the British Institute of Professional Photographers, photography, it sounds quite grand, doesn't it? It sounds quite yeah. important, actually. Mm. So, yeah, I can totally get as far as the public are concerned, they hear that and think, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more about that. Whereas the BIP, it could be anything, couldn't it? It could be a, a political party or it could be, you know, anything. Yeah, absolutely. I was saying to us about, you know, saying to you about, you know, 
about joining. So what are the benefits of, of a photographer joining uh, the British Institute of Professional Photography? I was well, got it in there, didn't I? Nearly yeah, exam. well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing a tally down, so yeah, we're on about £12 right, yeah. at the minute. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, organisations, so there are quite a few organisations for photographers. So the, the first part is that it is for professional photographers. Um, we do qualifications like other organisations. So we help you achieve your licensiate, associateship and fellowship. Um, and we do that through, we have a mentoring system. Um, another benefit is, and we've got these starting very soon, we have our regional competitions coming up, regional print competition, which then goes to your national print competition. I think one of the biggest benefits is you are with like-minded photographers where you can gain an insight into every industry that photography has. So the, the Institute, we're very proud to say that we have a lot of specialist groups. So we have a lot of photographers that are uh, maybe medical photographers or they're part of the, MO, the, the MOD photographers. So we kind of qualify those as well. And as far as I know, there's no other institute that kind of... Um, has such a wide variety of genres within the photography industry. So we, we really have a, a broad knowledge um, of all those industries, which is amazing. Yeah, I think that's, that's really quite cool. good because you do, um, you know, that most of the other societies that there are, are based around so, the social side of photography, you know, where you have uh, weddings and portraits and, and I, I guess landscapes. They're the, the three obvious uh, genres, I suppose, uh, if you want to call it that, that the societies, different societies are are based around. So it's it's quite good and and it's it's good hearing you say about the medical side of you know about medical because people forget that there's medical photography there's police photographers there's photographers that work in the army which of course jeff brown you know one of the the guys that we've had come onto the show a few times is with the navy i think wasn't he there are and yeah. particularly for people that are looking to get into photography they you know the, the general entry point becomes wedding photography for so many photographers and portrait photography but people do forget that there's so many other opportunities within the photography world so it's quite good that the, it's good to know that the bip sort of cater for a oh, oh no oh, that's another two quid <laughs> <laughs> honestly cam so with the um with with, with, with sort of like the, the the learning that the fellowship and and the qualifications um do the british uh, that's two pounds for me as well <laughs> the british institute of professional photography do they do they uh, sort of go through the business side of photography as well or is it all just about image making it is um, a lot about business as well. And actually through the pandemic. So going back firstly, um, when I said, you know, we've got lots of different specialist groups, 60% um, of the um, Institute is made up of commercial photographers and that's something that they're proud of as well because um, again as you say social photography is generally what is dealt with um, in a lot of the other associations and, and don't get me wrong we have got that social side as well I mean I'm a social photographer um, but I'm really sorry Mark what did you ask me <laughs> 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 we, we we forget what he says as well Karen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah yeah i'm that memorable because obviously <laughs> i mean i think most of us i mean I, I, I think i can speak for cam and and definitely rob we've all gone through sort of i mean i've gone through university i've got a ba honors in photography um rob i think yeah, i know you've gone through the university section i, I 
Cam, you went through college and, and all that. So the photography side, I'm not saying we can't learn anything from uh, from you guys, but um, the, I think the thing that I lose a lot of photographers is actually the business side. You know, you've got to be in business. You've got to, you know, all these other things that you've got to do. So I was just wondering how, uh, how, how much of that is involved in the qualifications um, through your society. Yeah, absolutely. When you, I mean, when you do qualifications, you have to put um, kind of supporting evidence together to say what your business is like. And you're quite right. Um, you know, there's one thing taking a great image. It's another thing actually getting the clients to take those images, isn't it? And if you haven't got that yeah. business side, um, then uh, as you say, a lot of that would elude you really. Um, so I always say business comes first. And actually mentioning Jeff, um, Jeff is also a great advocate of saying if you haven't got business sense, you haven't got a business, regardless of what industry you're in. So you might be the best best photographer in the world, but if you can't put your business plan together and everything else. So, yeah, the, the Institute does help with that. And as part of qualifications, we guide you um, on things that you know, need to know and you know risk assessment health and safety all those things come into business uh, your insurance um we have advice from a solicitor that helps with documents you know we've got documents out there throughout the pandemic um and it's quite surprising actually you know as much information that's been out there about the pandemic photographers still want to know in black and white how does the, this like affect me and my business how do I move forward and I think um we're creatives aren't we you know a lot of photographers don't want to know about the business side of things (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and I kind of get that but for me business is really important I before my career as a photographer which I've been for 15 years I used to teach um at college and part of my teaching was I developed a business course um at the local college so business is primary for me business always comes first that's a really good point because cam you'd said uh i think you said it in in our discussion with jeff uh jeff brown um a couple of shows ago that actually if you could start over again now you would you would study business as a qualification before you moved into photography didn't you yeah but i think that's just the way the industry's moved i mean really i've been in photography i guess since i left school Okay, and it was all that I did was was photography. I can see Mark's laughing here because I'm yeah, saying how long I've been in the industry, <laughs> uh, Karen. That's why he's laughing. Okay, no, but I've really been in in photography since since I left school, and um, and there wasn't su- the support there. There were different associations, you know, um, there were people like the MPA, and you guys were out there as well, and th- so, but the support wasn't as readily available as it is today because you can go online and there's lots of people on social media. You can research stuff on Google. So there's a, there are a lot more opportunities now. Um, so I had to, I had to learn business bit by bit and I did a couple of business courses, but no more than that. It was always just really photography, photography, photography. Somehow I've managed to stay in business for all of these years and keep going. Um, but more and more of my time is now spent learning about business that my advice to somebody else now coming in who wants to become a photographer is that you've got to as you just said is, is to learn the business aspect of it you've got it you've got a half of it you've got to be learning business and the other half has got to be photography and well let's put it let's not rather than business let's say you've got to be you've got to know social media because you've got to really know social media and you've got to want to do social media and be prepared to spend a lot of time on social media and unfortunately there are people out there that say yeah but 
I, I just want to do the photography. I just want to take photographs. And that's what I got into this for. But unfortunately, the world's not like that now because you're going to find that you're really going to struggle if you're not prepared to invest your time in, in social media and business. And yeah, so- ab- absolutely. I mean, there's so many um, sides to your business, isn't it? And the amount of times actually I see online photographers saying, what do you think I should charge for my image? What do you think I should mm. charge for my, for this shoot? And they go on what everyone else thinks and they actually forget, what do you need to earn? Mm. How, you know, how much does it cost for you to live? And actually, once you've worked out how much it costs for you to live, then you can start to work out how much that you've got to charge for your business. And then on top of that, if you can't actually do it, you should be outsourcing, you know, all the things like keywording, SEO, your web design, like you said, Cam, your marketing, social media, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount to actually running a business. It's not just taking that end image. Cause I'll just add something there, Cam, if you don't mind, yeah. because it's really interesting, Karen, that you said there about, you get so many photographers ask you about price and things like that. And we always say to ourselves don't we guys in different discussions you know what would we charge for this job or and i mean you can we always talk about these things and i came across something in the last year that i thought was really interesting and i think it probably probably applies more to people leaving a previous job or career and starting out in photography and when they come to think about price what they tend to do is judge themselves or rate themselves on their previous hourly rate um And that's one of the reasons you see a lot of photographers going quite cheap on jobs because they feel guilty charging, say, £1,000 for a shoot. Um, They judge themselves by what they got paid for their hourly or daily rate in the office job um, because they they don't think they're actually able to charge more than that. That's what they were valued at in their previous line of work. And that's what they have to charge now to, to carry on. And I thought that was really interesting when I came across that, that actually we should believe in what we want to charge. And like you say, Karen, what do you need to earn, <laughs> you know, because photography is an expensive career as well, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you, there's everything. You've got your your kit, your insurance. I mean, I've come quite across a few photographers that haven't had insurance or adequate insurance and they've fell foul to that. Um, there's so many aspects of keeping up with your kit, just cleaning it even, mm. You know, yeah. and, and there's consult yeah, there's consultations that you have with your clients. People forget that you, you know, as a wedding photographer, you do um, your consultations, you've got the emails, uh, you do the paperwork side of things, you do the editing, um, you've got your album design, and then you've got producing your album, then you've got your postage. And then apart from that, you've got your own home where you're using as an office, possibly, or you're renting an office. So you've got your heater, your lights and your computer, mm. uh, you know, your SD cards. There's so much involved and people just think, OK, I cut £50 for a shoot. I don't think people pay more than that. Mm. Um, and I think you've got to work out your cost of business and actually what it is that you want to be earning. I think, and people would uh, be surprised, I think, with photography, they'd be working for a lot less than they would have done on their hourly rate in a previous mm, job, possibly. Mm, mm, really I think so. Point. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, that I've come across as well so often, you know, when I, when I'm, particularly when I'm looking on social media and photographers, yeah, they, they do 
people will clearly say how much should we be charging how much would you charge for a particular shoot and something like that and i think they're the things that that you have to learn you have to have confidence in yourself and that's where associations like yourselves you know can can help people can help educate people and say look this is how you work it out this is how you know these are the these are the things that you need to take into consideration and from there you'll be able to work out and price each job accordingly um so and I think there's some of the things that I think any association, um, you know, uh, you know, is there now to help you with, as I said, more so than than ever before. Um, going back to like you were saying, use anniversary, the hundred twenty hundred twentieth anniversary, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Karen, are there any um, events that is that you're doing to mark that at all, uh, or has that sort of been held back because obviously you, you know what's gone on with COVID and everything. Well, we want to at the end of the year, um, and we're saying the end of the year because really we're not all going to be getting together, are we, until um, probably August, I would mm. imagine. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be safe to say. And I think the photography show is still hoping to go ahead in September, which is actually quite a good marker for saying, well, if they're getting together and people are, are going to be uh, kind of meeting up, then November seems a good time to be doing it so in november it will be um our agm it'll be our national print awards but we'll also be marking the celebration of 120 years um along with something that we're bringing back that photographers want bringing back which is called infot now this is um we're doing a mini infot this year and and what infot is or what it traditionally was was marking commercial photography really and and now we're much broader as a spectrum um and more embracing of so many other genres it's going to be a bit of everything so yeah we will mark it but at the end of march we uh we were hoping to have our new website live um We've got a competition running internally for members. We're based in in Preston at the Artistry House in Winkley Square. And the office there is called the Artistry House. And it's a creative building. And we're putting out there a competition for photographers to be gracing our walls. It can be any image. You know, you enter competitions and they're often you've got to have taken this image in the last two years for it to be relevant. Well, this can be in any image uh, that's been taken in the last 120 years. So we're not going to have any photographers that are that age and taking images, but if they want to submit something that maybe kind of is passed down from ancestry and they want to put that in, then that would be fine as well. So yeah, there's a few things that we've got in the pipeline, but the pandemic really is, it's put a little dampener on things, hasn't it, this year? Yeah, of course. Has it changed a lot of the way um, that uh, the British Institution of Professional Photography has has operated um, in during the last year? And do you think there's any of those things that you think, actually, no, that's actually worked quite well and is going to be here to stay? Is there anything that's kind of changed? Obviously, we're all using Zoom and things like that these days. Um, is there anything there? Do you think that's kind of changed the way that you guys work? Yeah, I think, you know what, Zoom's been one of the big money makers, I think, in all of this, hasn't it? We're all using yeah. Zoom. It's great. Yeah, yeah that and Tesco's. Um, <laughs> yeah, Amazon yeah. as well, Mark, Amazon. Oh, and Amazon, <laughs> yeah. They're doing yeah. all right. They're doing great, aren't they? Um, yeah, we have, well, a lot like everyone else, we've gone to a lot of online content, a lot of interviews, uh, and putting together what, what members have wanted to know more about, interesting that you've brought up business, is they've wanted to know how do we get our business back on track? 
So there has been a lot of videos that have gone out, a lot of interviews with uh, business people, photographers, um, what other people are doing, how to get your business back on track. Um, there's been information put out there from our solicitor, um, insurers. Um, so yeah, it's it's changed in the in the way that we're looking at online content and the way that that content is going to be there actually for for members to look back on in the archives as well. Because yeah, really, cool. as photographers, we like to get it. We we like to meet up, don't we? Yes, get on the we're pub, social. have a good chinwag. We're social. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are so social yeah, animals. Yeah, 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 definitely. But a lot of online content. So, but hopefully, keeping it relevant to what our photographers are wanting to see and hear. Mm, mm. And then hopefully, later on the year, we'll be all out do exactly that and meet up and because yeah the zooms are great and everything but it's it doesn't it's not it doesn't uh replace actually meeting people face to face i find that's right no. you don't quite get the same it's like it's like when you know you might do um you know like the photography show and the video show was online last year wasn't it mm. it was a great you know yeah. i thought it was quite innovative actually what they did it was quite well done um but it doesn't quite replace the feeling of all your photography mates getting together going down to the, the show in birmingham and uh you know having a beer before and after or during as well and um and actually you know experiencing that and, and taking that day out of the office or whatever it is to go and explore things so definitely we are social creatures like mark says yeah it'd be nice to see you guys in Birmingham actually in September I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that it's going to be going ahead I was chatting to the photography show and um, video show um <laughs> <laughs> that's almost too far from you a good save and they're they're pretty confident that they're going to be going ahead so it'd be really nice to get to uh see everybody and and meet people that we've met online actually yeah i think part of the pandemic has been really lovely in the fact that we've probably chatted um to a lot more people that we might not have had that opportunity to do a lot of people have reached out and said look like you guys it'd be really nice to talk to you let's Mm. just get online and have a chat and i think a lot of that has gone on over the last 12 months yeah I think so. Yeah. Now, can I? Um, I would just want to move on to something else now because you're talking about the photography show, and it's reminded me of something that uh, uh, I wanted to bring up. And we've we've spoken about this a little bit before. But do you remember, guys, when I came out with the the quirky photography gadgets that you could uh, uh, you could get? Do you remember the the spy lens, for example? That's that awful. Spy, spy lens. Yeah. Have yeah, you heard yeah. of spy lens, Karen? <laughs> No. Okay. So you're not missing much. <laughs> okay. So, oh. <laughs> okay. Now you got to imagine this. Okay. So, and I've brought this up a few times. So for those listeners out there, just bear with me while I explain it to Karen. But Karen, what it is, it's uh it's 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 like a fake lens. It's a tube that fits onto <laughs> the it slides onto the front of your camera lens. Okay. So you imagine imagine like a uh, like a tube of a kitchen roll or toilet roll going onto sliding onto the front of your lens. Now to the to the left of the tube, there is a hole that's been cut out. And it's a mirror mechanism in this tube. So when you look through the viewfinder in your camera, although you're pointing your camera straight in front of you, the mirror mechanism makes you see what you're seeing out the hole, which is facing out to your left. So you're not shooting what's directly in front of you. You're shooting what's over in that direction over there. So somebody to your left doesn't actually know that you're taking a picture. Now you can rotate this this spy lens very clever. You can rotate it to the right or you can rotate it above or to the bottom. 
Um, and that's what the spy, anyway, that's what the spy, <laughs> that's what the spy lens is. And it's a quirky photography, great gadget. And then I saw an article about some other things that uh, quirky things that were on the photography show. And one of those things was um, the ultimate lens hood. Uh, now the ultimate lens hood uh, is, is this contraption here again? Can you guys see that? Where it's like a suction pad. Yeah. You you put it onto the front of your lens. <laughs> right. It's a suction pad. How which do you got find this stuff? Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> research, okay? Investigative no. research, if I can say it. And it's, it's his interns are better than yours, Rob. Basically, yeah, apparently so. Yeah, higher <laughs> mine. It's a big <laughs> suction pad that fits on. That he's got it there on a, on, a, on a fish tank, so that he's not going to get any reflections coming back into mm. his lens, which is which is quite clever. Um, but some of the other stuff uh, that I found, which is quite interesting, now this isn't so quirky, and I think this is really useful because this is uh, a little contraption here, the pixelator, I think it's called, where you can scan medium format color negatives. Now, for those people out there that have got thousands upon thousands of medium format negatives. Uh, like I have that just sort of sit there, you know, uh, uh, in storage. Um, I've occasionally had to go back to those negatives, but this is a way where you can where you can view them. But I don't quite know how it works. But you you pop them into this little holder here, and then you take a photo of it with your camera to turn it into a positive. So it's not right, actually a yeah. scan. It's it's a it's a different sort of contraption. So, but now I never saw that at the show. Um, but I would have been quite interested in that because I said I've got loads of negatives and I've had to go back to them over a period of time. And the last thing I wanted to come across was the finger strap, okay, for your camera here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, you know, I'm a sucker for gadgets, like I mean, camera bags in particular and the straps as well. And we've got this has got really... you written all over it, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've got these great shoulder straps that we bought. You know, they're like gunslingers, right? You know, and... and yeah, uh, the harnesses. Yeah, that's right, the harnesses. And you, and you put them on, and, and they were brilliant when... I'd seen photographers wearing those a few years ago. I thought, no, it's, it's not for me and whatever. Now, now I couldn't do without it. Also, because I've got my shoulders sort of um, gets some pains in one of my right shoulders. And that's, that really eases that as well when you're working really quickly. Um, but this is a little, this is a little finger strap that, that, that connects on where your shoulder strap goes in your camera, where you can hold your camera from, from your finger. doesn't sound particularly, uh, um, good the way imagine that with like exactly. a 200 mil lens on it says cozy, <laughs> let me describe it. it says cozy speeds finger strap fits to every camera and sports up to three kilograms it comes through with every cam slinger as it pairs perfectly with a single hand quick access mechanism but is available separately as a compact and surprisingly sturdy solution to errant camera slips and so i um it's a cam slinger. I think that has to be one of the most useless looking photography accessories you've ever presented to us on the show. Cam. Where you hold your camera by, by your, by your index finger. You can just, Karen, can you see it, yourself you? using this? No, for one, it's not pink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I was just thinking like when you said, I, as a wedding photographer, I use my 7200 lens a lot and I can't mm. see yeah. that. Uh, dislocating my finger maybe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it should not, be the, it's I the mean, finger snap not the finger strap I'm yeah. Not, yeah i mean when you can get like the hand grips can't you which i actually use the hand grips rather than the camera strap because i have the harness hmm. um i just i i can't see why you buy the finger strap to be honest 
Yeah, I I wouldn't have said I, I would have bought it. I'm just saying that, that you know, I've come across it. And then the last thing I want to talk about is this thing called a bounce light, where uh, a, the photographer has got um, the, the speed light on top of the camera, and it's got a little, little reflector pop-up card. Uh, where you can bounce the light that's that's now coming off off your um, off your speed light. Now, I'd like to see that because Robert, we Robert, we use. Do you remember the Gary Fong tail whale, whale tail rather? <laughs> I got it the wrong way around. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Karen, have you heard of that? Have you ever come across the whale tail? Yeah. Yeah, I've got one and and I still use it. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Um, Robert, you've got one, haven't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. In, in fact, I bought I've bought a few actually over the years. Got them when I found them on eBay. I bought them, and they're really good for you. You can go into. I've gone into a factory with a Nikon DSLR, with a speed light, with one of those Gary Fong t- whale tails, and I've lit up the whole factory, um, mm. really well, um, and really naturally as well. And I still use it. It's, it's it's quite a big contraption. So many people look at it on the top of the camera. If I'm on the shoot and they say, well, what's that you've got on the top of your camera? It's like this little mini ice box that fits on the top of the camera. Um, but I was just looking at this, uh, this one here, just, it's just another variation of the Gary Fong whale tail. Um, but you don't come across those so much now, do you? I don't know if flash speed flashes have changed and they've got better. No, I suppose I suppose they probably have gotten better, but um, I, I think you you do still see some like uh, speed light light modifiers and do you? Yeah, um, you even yeah, see, you a... even see some big soft boxes people will stick on the end of there. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually got one of those. I mean, have I never you? use it, but uh, yeah, I never use it. It's rubbish. I I try like... it one day actually. Well, at least I haven't gotten on with it. Maybe, but um, I, the, I use that the Osmeron. Um, light diffuser over my speed light which is i mean i remember it costing me about 15 quid which is basically just a vacuum formed bit of plastic that fits mm. over your flash gun um but yeah that that seems to do the trick for me yeah that whale tail that i bought for me but i think it's only about a tenner or something and then and then they just you couldn't get them anymore i think they they did sell a hell of a lot of those but they were very useful and at weddings when you're in fact mark i know you're going to come on to this so i'll perhaps move on mm. to it about using uh flash aren't you on 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 top of cameras is that what you're going to talk about well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of photographers, and, and rightly so, they, they try and use natural light wherever possible. I mean, I think that's that's a, a general thing. But um, I use a, I use my flash gun quite a lot when I'm shooting weddings. I mean, I shoot a lot of um, sort of Asian weddings. So um, they're normally in sort of big, sort of dark, in all like reception areas, which has got lots of sort of almost disco lights or whatever. You know, the lighting's really cool in there, but of course for it's not overly bright for a photographer. So I'm always having to use the flash to at least fill in. Um, And I was just thinking, you know, because actually some flash photography, when you've got an onboard flash can look really, really nice. And actually it can look really awful as well. If you don't know what you're doing and get the harsh shadows and all that kind of stuff. So I just thought, because obviously I know Karen is a, is a wedding photographer as well. So I just thought maybe we could share a few tips about getting the, the best out of on, on camera flash and, and what kind of things that we've all sort of, um used or some techniques that we've used and, and maybe modifies whatever that we could just throw out there to the people basically um so karen, you, uh, so yeah. yeah karen do you rely a lot on flash when you're say shooting a wedding um ooh, not a lot if i'm honest mm. i do do a lot of natural light one uh obviously churches don't like it mm. um and mm. neither do registrars Mm. Um, a lot of my weddings tend to be kind of marquee outdoor big weddings. So there's a lot of lights around the marquee. 
Yeah. I do use the flash a lot, and I know a lot of people struggle with flash at first dance, and and then kind of if I'm going out for sunset as well, so I'll use the flash then. Um, but apart from those two instances, generally I, I don't use a lot of flash, but definitely first dance. And what I find um, I use a lot is the zoom on the flash bring the zoom in and out mm. and I know a lot of people don't do that they kind of use the flash as it is but I, I like to control kind of how far my flash goes and generally mm. first dance I'm looking at narrowing it in just mm. to my couple really and mm. just let the ambient light pick up kind of guests around the room then I think that's the key thing is is shooting it so it doesn't look like it's been that you've used flash at all and I think the, the deer in the headlights look no know, exactly that's right yeah and then obviously then there's there's those images that you get shot in day where daylight where you get the nighttime effect that people have had um but using if you use flash correctly it you know it it can really if you use it as filling flash outdoors, and I, I don't often do it now. I very rarely do it, only if I feel I really need to. But it can give a real lift in the eyes and it can give a real spark. Yeah. But it's knowing how to really use it and balance up and balancing it up under pressure as well. Because you, you can't spend ages there in front of, say, if you're at a wedding, just shooting loads of test shots because you're trying to figure it out. You just need to be able to do it mm. first time. So you've got to have a good idea of actually what you're doing. But also, as I said, the crucial thing is somebody looks at it and they – and, and they would never be able to tell whether it's been shot with flash. So that fill in using it outdoors is there's a there's a real way of actually doing it. And once you've got it and you've cracked it, it's re, it's you know it's a really good skill to have. But um, I think indoors, Karen, you're right. It's using using flash. You know, with the first dance, you're going to need to know how to do that. A lot of time. Um, you know, cameras have got so good now that you can get some of the, you can speak to the DJ as well and they can help with some of the lighting as well. And so you can, you can do a mix. I tend to do a real mix. I'll shoot a handful with flash just to make sure that I've got the shot that I need and then, then, then turn it off and take it up, you know, and just make the adjustments that I need to, or I'll put a different lens on, which I can really open up to. So I'll very quickly go through a number of different types of ways of working from using natural light to to the flash as well um but some of the effects that that you can get if you as you as I said you know if you use the speed lights properly i mean going back years ago i used to use the medium formats with the big met ct1 flash and if <laughs> right okay and that was an art that was an art form that was that was when you used to bounce you know you had to bounce it off the ceiling and mm. you know all sorts of things and they were big they were cumbersome and that type of thing so once the speed lights came out and the nikon sb 700 which i've had for years i think it's the second or third one that i've had they seem to last forever and a day um, they balance the light out really well. And I know a lot of people don't like using it, but there are times when, you know, you, you do need to have that skill of being able to use it as well. I mean, I do like having catch lights as well. Sorry, Karen, Oh, I on. do. No, I do. But do you think a lot of people say, um, oh, I don't use them because they don't know how to use mm. it. They are, yeah. mm. you know, and like saying um, using it for outdoor just to fill in, I use it for that but I never use it on ETTL. I always use it in manual and I just so have the tiniest bit in. Mm. And I think people are scared to use their flash on manual. You know, yeah. I'll often use mine powered right down and it's just a tiny little bit. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think that's just yeah. it. A lot of people just, uh, you know, there's this thing about, I want to shoot with natural light. I like my pictures to be natural. I think that's fair enough. But I think they avoid using flash because you can just get the perfect shot with it and make it look natural. And that's what I was saying. That's the key to it, you know, about knowing how to use flash and putting it into manual when you know you need to, and just tweaking it slightly so it throws out just that right amount of light. You 
you get some stunning images. And when you balance it with the lights of a wedding in the evening from the DJ as well, and you get and you get that that you get those you get all of those coloured lights. You get a lovely flash on the bride and groom as well, and everything's lit up. You get the perfect you get the perfect image. You know, yeah. um, so I think that's I like. It. I like to silhouette at night on the dance mm. floor. So I use off camera flash mm. and generally be behind the couple. Like that's probably my signature shot really of a night time is to mm. get a silhouette shot really of the bride and groom. Mm. Yeah. The other thing that's, um, I think that's been quite re- a really good introduction are the, um, uh, the sort of battery powered lights as well. And the led lights now, because obviously because we shoot a lot of video, we've got, we have got that as well. So when we, when we, when we're at a wedding and we're shooting the first dance, because we're also shooting video, we've got those little LED, LED lights that we can just prop up. And, they and, look really, that, they, and do you know what? Yeah, they are really perfect. So that, that almost takes away the need for flash completely because they throw out this perfect light out for video, but for, for photos, they, they, they have a lovely little highlight as well, which is fantastic as well. But mm. if you use flash with that as well, uh, you can, can get really cool. You could just get it. So, so I think for those people out there that, that haven't used flash or just avoid using flash, I think it's, I think it's something that's, it's a skill that's really worth learning. Uh, but buy the right flashlight as well, bright by, by the speed light that's, that, that, that goes with your camera as well. But also think about modifiers, I'd say, because actually diffusing the light can actually, you know, getting that more equal, even amount of light can work quite nicely as well. Mm. Um, And yeah, I mean, if I'm indoors, I'm always bouncing. I mean, never, I never use directional on it. Mm. Um, So yeah, it tends to be sort of like, like you say, balance, bounce and and diffuse. Mm. That tends to be the the things I look at. But But Karen, do do you use DSLR or mirrorless? No, DSLR, and I'm on Canon. I'm, I mm-hmm. use a Mark IV. Hey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I really use... love it. I've, I've used Canon for 15 years, and I thought mm. about going mirrorless, but I know that I know the camera like the back of my hand, and everything I do is in manual. I mm. never use, use um, kind of the – and I should. A lot of people say you should put it in uh, kind of P setting for for some things or AV or and I can't I just can't get scripts with using it that way everything I do has always been fully manual and I'm going with modifiers I use um, Magmod right yes yeah I like yeah. I do like some of their, mm. their little I was actually going to look into that so the last video show and photography sorry the photography show and video show um that was a specific store i was going to have a massive look at was the magmod stuff because it it looked really i really wanted to have a look at that because i'm just using the same modifier i've been using for years and i thought oh maybe i could have a look at those because they do look really good yeah and no, i like them yeah and i just wanted to bring it up very briefly before we move on is because We've we've got actually gone. Robert and I have gone more or less mirrorless. You know, I'm sort of like eighty percent of the way there. Robert's jumped in all the way. But you've come across another camera, haven't you, Robert? I come across another camera. Yes, this is something I wanted to talk about. Um, and this is uh, the Zeiss ZX1 digital camera. Okay, so this is a. Uh, I don't know if it's right or fair to call it an experimental camera, but I think Zeiss have tried to innovate with this a little bit, and to some degree they have. I'm not going to get too technical and too like bogged down and all the specs of it, um, but I will read a few bits off. So it's uh, it's a 37.4 megapixel full frame sensor, um, mm-hmm. and it's got a fixed 35 millimeter lens. But what's really interesting about this camera is that it actually has um, Lightroom CC mobile built into it. Oh, does it? It the does. Camera- a camera that's got Lightroom built into it. It's got Lightroom built into it. Yeah, and I remember hearing about this camera. It was announced huh. in 2018. And it released late 2020. 
Right. And I remember hearing about a camera coming out that's going to have Lightroom in the, in, in the system. And I said to Cam at the time, there's going to be Lightroom's going to come into the back, back of this camera. And we were both like quite intrigued by it, but we never heard anything more about it. And I just recently came across it. Like I say, it was released in 2020. And um, basically what it is, the, the user described it as almost like an, an Apple-like experience. And I, I'll let you, Mark, decide if that's a good or a bad thing by the end of this review. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a review, right. but it, my, my thoughts on it. Uh, but it's basically got a real sleek kind of um, sci-fi looking design to it. It's very, it's very bare, very minimalistic because it's got um, this, this and it runs off an Android operating system. It's touchscreen on the back. So the main focus really is around using the touchscreen on the back. They focus much less on like, tactile buttons. So there's one custom button on it, which can do barely anything. Apparently it's, it's got like a, a bit of exposure comp, um, something to do with the flash and, and something else. I can't remember what it was. Now. Something to do with the flash. <laughs> something to do with the flash. Again, my I'm, I'm, I'm not, my my interns haven't provided me with all the information, so Ugh. I'll be so I'll be seeing to that. But um, but yeah, so it's it's had a bit of a mixed response, and well, I say mixed response, probably mostly negative response, um, because it's it's very bare bones this camera, and in some ways they have innovated quite well here. Like I say, it's got a minimalistic version of Lightroom mobile Lightroom CC in it, um, which of course you can only really use if you, if you actually use the Adobe uh, system or suite anyway, you have to pay yeah. for that. So it's not like it comes with the camera and it should. And I'll tell you why this camera cost 6,000 pounds. Whoa. 6,000 pounds. And it doesn't have any of the modern kind of wow. um, I'll say modern mirrorless features. So no IAF, no auto tracking like face AF and things like that. Um, so it, it's, got, it's got no in, inbuilt uh, image stabilization, no IBIS, uh, very few custom buttons. Like I say, slow load times and responsiveness. It can sometimes get caught on the loading loading wheel. Um, it's quite clunky. <laughs> I want to just jump it's back got, to it's got no sorry I'm almost done it's got no well uh, weatherproofing <laughs> right so it's got an exposed micro USB port on the side um, no it's got uh, it gets very hot so when you're actually processing the images it gets really hot in your hands um, oh wow so it's it's like it's not a complete success very much uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's but, one but, way of putting it so on one hand I hate this camera right but on the <laughs> other hand I think actually. It's it, you know, the whole kind of having an Android based, or it could be any OS. I'm not just saying Android because it's Android Mark, but it, you know, having this Android based OS in the in the in the system, when all touchscreen on the back, it, that's quite innovative. It links to Instagram, Lightroom, and I think a few other apps possibly. And it's, it's probably and where really things cool. are going to go. Yeah, yeah, really it's cool. probably where certain things are going to go. I mean, I always think of Zeiss as more of a lens maker than a camera mm. manufacturer. Yeah, that's way. right. But I'm intrigued about how Lightroom. If it's got Lightroom, a camera's got Lightroom built in. How does that work? Well, I mean, have you, you used Lightroom like... on the mobile? No, I haven't. I no. have actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got it on my phone. I mean, it, it links to your whatever package you've got with Adobe. Mm -hmm. um, it's. I mean, it's good. It's just like a watered down version of of Lightroom, essentially. Right. Um, and it's but it's quite basic um I, uh, so well, I it's think not it's like quite good for what it is but no, you do, without a doubt yeah but, but do you do the corrections on your camera that's what i don't yeah. get yeah, oh, you yeah. do it on yeah. your camera so back you of your can camera even screen. load in your own lots and presets um yeah right. it's 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 not bad but it's not it's not even the full version of the mobile version of lightroom mm. 
Um, well, this so, comes on. To- the only thing is, though, would you would you bother doing that? So if you're shooting a wedding or something, and obviously there's loads of things going on, you've got to organise people and, and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, time is a factor on the day too. You're not going to be fiddling around with curves, are you, on the back of your, on the back of your well, camera in the middle of a wedding? You're right. It's interesting because they've actually they've actually pushed this camera. They've got like a bit of a strap line attached to it. It's shoot, edit, share. Hence Lightroom built in, hence Instagram built in. Um, so I have to wonder, a £6,000 body, who is it really aimed at here? If they want mm. people to be shoot editing and sharing, well, your, your average kind of Instagram influencer that takes pictures or someone that has a, a keen interest in photography is unlikely to drop 6K on a body when it has less features than their, their phone camera might do. Um so and this is aimed at sports photographers, photojournalists, that type of thing. Uh, it's possibly that well, type it, of photographer. It only goes up to, I say only, but it, it shoots up to two thousandth of a second. So nothing revolutionary oh, right. there oh, either. Okay. Not even, you know, no. I, I kind of see four thousandth of a second as like a standard now. Yeah. Um, but do you think this going towards my th- uh, my theory that that at one day that we're going to be shoot be able to shoot a wedding and while you're shooting your pictures they're immediately transferred and sent over the cloud to someone sitting in an office and your pictures are being edited while you're shooting it, it's going it, it's getting to that point isn't it don't you think yeah but some cameras have had wi-fi inbuilt in them already so you can already transfer those files can't mm. you yes that's that right way. Yeah. i mean i've got mm. an olympus that you know um an omd that you can do that with and it's it's pretty much instant straight to your phone into the app edit and share but yeah going on instagram i would just use my phone and do like a little kind of instagram story where a video where i am i wouldn't Mm. and i think it's you know why has everything got to be instant i Mm. think there's got to be some mystery around what you do and um I suppose it depends what kind of client, certainly for me for weddings, the clients that I have would not be interested in that. It sounds mm. a bit of a gimmick to me. A £6,000 yeah, gimmick. Expensive gimmick. An expensive gimmick, <laughs> yeah. certainly. It's almost up there with the Leica cameras, you know, like the Leica black and white only camera and stuff. There's nothing wrong. With it. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think it's better There's than that. There's the market, it's cam. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> no, it's better no. than that, definitely. Karen, have, just... you, have you seen these cameras? These Leica introduced three brand new cameras in the last year. The James Bond, the 007 version, the Kevlar one, which is almost like a bulletproof uh uh, camera body and the Leica uh, monochrome, which just shoots black and white only. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but no. the price tag on these cam, the price tag, they're about four to five grand each. These yeah, cameras. but Lenny Lenny Kravitz yeah. has got one. So, <laughs> yeah, do you know what interests it. me in all of? Do you know what interests me in all of this is that um, who are they aiming at? Is it is it male or female photographers? Oh, what the Leica ones, the, the 007 yeah. one, the, the bulletproof yeah, yeah. one, I suppose. <laughs> Can't yeah. think the 007 ones. <laughs> I mean, and I hadn't thought of that. Actually, that's a good because, point, actually. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point yeah. because uh, we've said it, haven't we? I mean, I've, I, you know, the, there are the number of female photographers now has grown hugely compared in in the last what mm. ten years, I would say, mm. maybe maybe a little bit more. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's you know, you go now to the photography and video show, and there's probably more women there now than there are guys that that, that attend. That's mm. that's a huge shift in the industry. That that we've noticed that so many times now. Um, that the way the industry has now shifted completely. I think. 
Yeah, there's actually a, a there was a study that it's uh, within the industry, it's 60 percent female photographers compared to 40 percent men. But yeah, actually, things are still designed by men primarily. Mm. And like you mm. saying about the bulletproof and 007 camera. I, I'm just wondering who their market is. You know, do are women not really interested in having all these gadgets and Lightroom kind of built into like these new cameras that are coming out? And, you know, do we just need to be what we should be and photographers and do what we do best mm, rather than yes. having... I'm waiting for the... Well, yeah. I completely the agree. Completely. Yeah. 1, I agree with that. agree, yeah. It's a good point. A very yeah, good point. No, I, I think boys always want to know about gear, don't they? It's yeah. a bit like their cars. They all want to know about, you know how fast it goes or has it got this gadget on it or that gadget and actually it's true yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, how many yeah. frames per second and <laughs> yeah i think you speak yeah. to most women about things like that and they're not interested and i think that's uh, oh, this is a whole nother podcast isn't it but i think that comes down to being like technical and creative mm, and yes yeah there's a lot of yeah. technical photographers out there that can't take a good picture and you, you don't need, you know, you don't need to go out and spend £6,000 on a camera like this. Um, it's not going to alter your photography in any way, shape or form. So if you don't have that creative skill, that creative muscle that we sometimes forget to exercise, um, then you're always going to be worse off at the end because that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. And actually spend £6,000 on that um camera rob can you then actually have you actually got the business know-how then of how to market yourself in order to pay off mm, yeah. <laughs> that six thousand pound loan right, that you just yeah. had on that camera i mean yeah going back to business yeah that's a really good point yeah because you have to justify it somehow don't you that camera's got to bring yeah, in some yeah. money for you and if you're yeah, not sure what absolutely. to charge or you're charging 50 quid here and 50 quid there then you could be paying that camera off for a long time won't yeah you? Exactly, absolutely yeah. there's a friend of mine actually that um he has a partnership with his wife in the same business and um, I'm sure he won't mind me saying his name's Paul Wilkinson and he's an amazing photographer and if he wants anything new he he goes to his wife his business partner and says I'd really like this new lens and and she would say well that's great so um, is it going to take better pictures than the lens that you've got is it going to bring you more money in uh, uh, do you want it because yours is broke is it gonna you know so there's got to be you've got to justify that purchase haven't you yeah and uh yeah six thousand pounds to see if lightroom will edit your pictures any best of them when you get home (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. you've got a six thousand pound camera you've probably got a couple of grand mac or windows machine or something at the office you know you've got your adobe subscription anyway so it all adds up doesn't it um, yeah. Not to yeah, mention, this is six thousand pounds for a fixed lens as well. Mm. So Once you, you, yeah. you, get a, you get a few likes on Instagram before you get home, though, and you know, so it might be worth it. <laughs> really? <laughs> but does it does it does it um, post it straight away for you? Or do you have to do that bit? Well? No, it will post it. So basically, I, I should describe it a little bit. So on the back, the, the majority of the back of the camera is like a screen, almost like a little tablet in a way. And it, you've actually got little app icons like you would expect to see on a phone that you can press and enter into. So you don't go through like a menu system. It, it's very much like you're looking at um, a small tablet on the back of the camera. Right. So the apps look like they're just your regular mobile apps. Um, so you go into the app and you post it as you might do normally. Um, so it, I, ah. think there's, I think there's a, there's a little bit of innovation there. But to stick it in a camera like this, um, I don't know. I, mm. I, 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 we're not normally this scathing, I have to say, not, no. uh, camera, but this has <laughs> to be no. probably, I'm going to go out there and say it, the most pointless camera 
I've ever come across. Oh, yeah, actually, no, no that's, the like, that's the Leica monochrome. That's yeah, that's <laughs> that is a Leica monochrome. Yeah, it, it's uh, is this up there with the um with the, with the spy cam? Do you think, Rob? The, the spy lens is it? <laughs> I actually want to try that. Or, or, or the finger strap? <laughs> oh, the finger strap. Yeah, that. Yeah, can, yeah. yeah Honestly, Karen, you know, if you want to be, you know, a photographer taking natural photos at a wedding, you want to buy one of these spy lenses. You know, they're all they're going to think is you're taking photos that are right in front of you, but yeah. Actually, shooting the people the pitch over people over to your left now how unobtrusive and how natural is that yeah but imagine when you're well, taking the cake shot say- and then you're looking the wrong way <laughs> yeah well i was gonna say the spy lens actually i can see the worth in that and i think yeah that'd be kind of cool especially like street photography documentary that'd be brilliant see? wouldn't it but there you go yeah hmm. but does it does it actually do what it says on the tin are they is it what's the lens like on it? Is oh, it, I don't know. Good? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. I'm, 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 I'm sure it does. But I think the yeah. thing with the spy lens is, is there's, a, there's an art to not being seen as a photographer, isn't there? When you're being, when you're trying to be, uh, trying to get those kind Sneaky. of clandestine shots. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, what you're saying. Sniping, <laughs> sniping people from afar, but like, um, but there is an art, you know, to getting close with people, getting in, and getting uh, being part of the action. And I don't think you'd ever get. Uh, perhaps it's different for street photography but as uh, using this spy lens at a wedding i don't think you'd ever get anything close to uh, as good as you would do actually just getting in the action and no. um, there's one of my mm. favorite shots i've taken at a wedding um and it was when i first bought a super wide angle lens it's um 14 millimeters and i was able to the, the bride and groom were both picked up and being carried around by the guests on the dance floor and i i was stood up high on a chair because i'm only five foot six at, at the most so i often get buried in the action anyway um so i had to get up nice and high or to standard height and um there's this picture now of a real wide shot you've got the whole the whole kind of uh wedding party on the dance floor and these brides and groom quite quite close to the camera lens and you get this really cool perspective and although i can see everyone in the shot I'm actually quite close to them, but because it's so wide, it looks like I'm further back. If that makes sense, but yeah, yeah that sort of that sort of um, moment to capture, you're not going to be able to do that with the spy lens, I don't think. Anyway, yeah. but we are here. We are. We're just slagging really, everything off. It? We're just slagging everything off. Today, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're normally so much more positive than this. So please don't go away thinking we, we just we just find products and and just <laughs> rip rip them. Basically, I was just saying. Really. I was going to say, going to have to leave, leave on one positive, surely. <laughs> oh, no, just well, say, yeah, Karen, before yeah. we do finish off, Karen, is there anything that you want to slag off at all by any chance? Any <laughs> <laughs> camera, the gear that you've got, or something? Yeah. There must be something no, in the camera bag that you've not got on with. No. No. <laughs> do you know what? I I used to have a couple of things in my camera bag, but um, last year. No, not last year, the year before, um, I was at a wedding and had my entire kit stolen in the middle of a wedding. So there was a couple of bits in there that um, I didn't use. Uh, But yeah, I kind of packed my bag quite ingeniously, really. And um, one bit I do use a lot at weddings, actually, is my tiny little sewing kit. (laughs) Nothing to do with photography, but my tiny little Mm. sewing kit for my brides and grooms and buttons and spare pins and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I tend to not be one taken in by gadgets. But saying that, I don't know if I've got it, uh, if it's here in, I, I was trying to see if I had it here in my drawer. Um, I was bought, oh, here it is. <laughs> I didn't see, I didn't know you were going to ask this question, did I? But um, <laughs> have you ever seen, I had this bought for me, the Pictar. Have you ever I seen haven't it? seen that. Oh, no. I have oh. seen that. Yes, I yes. have. Have you? So you can 
see that I used it because it's still all beautifully packaged. <laughs> and I took it out. <laughs> it feels like a camera. It, it's got here. Feels like a real camera. Shoots like a real camera. And um, what you do is like a little piece of plastic, and you put your mobile phone in it. And um, it's supposed to feel like a camera, but actually, my cat is too big for my phone now. <laughs> I used it once, and you're supposed to be able to change the settings on it. And uh, yeah, I didn't get on with it, and hence why it's still in the box. But the thought was there, really. Yeah. You know, something that would kind of change your mobile phone into a, a more working professional camera. It just fell short, really, of the professional side. And where did you get that? When? Where did you get it from? Um, it was bought as a gift. Oh, it was a I gift, it was it right? Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah. It's not something that I would have bought, but yeah, it was bought as a yeah. Christmas gift. Hmm. That person's yeah. not going to listen to this show. And I was, I was just about to ask the same question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they won't. But um, yeah, but I still have it just in case they come round and ever say. You never know. That's right. <laughs> I love right, it. I use yeah. it every time I go out with my phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like, so you don't have to take your camera out with you every time. You can take your mobile phone and turn it into a camera. Yeah. But mm. yeah, it didn't kind of work like that, really. <laughs> Perfect. All right, good stuff. Right, so I, think we're, I think we're about ready to, uh, to yep. I think that's last orders at the bar here. Um, <sighs> so if we've got nothing else to add, I think I like what you said, Karen, uh, about finishing on a positive note. So mm-hmm. have we got a positive note, guys? Can we finish on something? Oh, I've got one, actually. I've got one. Sorry. Good. <laughs> um, so put you all on the spot, then I've got one. Um, if you want to uh, progress further as a professional photographer, if you're getting into the industry and you want to learn more, want to want to kind of um, work or learn in a community and uh, further your education, then check out the British Institute of Professional Photographers or Photography, sorry, um, because... That's still two quid. <laughs> is it? Well, I didn't use the abbreviation. But yeah, check out the British Institute of Professional Photography because that's the place to be, that's the place to go to uh, further your photography career. So we're going to put all the links out, um, Karen, to the uh, British Institute of Professional Photography and um, and uh, we're going to share that about and, and get some of our listeners perhaps to check it out and, and see what they think as well. Fabulous, thank you. That's right. That was good, Robert. I'll let you sign off. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's, but that's a, that's, a, that's a true positive spin. We mean it that. Is, yeah. So, um, Karen, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been really great talking to you. No, thanks for inviting me. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Brilliant. And we'd like to get you on again at some point, maybe to talk about wedding photography. That would be quite good as well. Um, so uh, uh, we'll get you on again in the near future. Uh, that'd be good to yeah, get you on for absolutely. that. We love to get people on as much as we can because you know otherwise we just get sick of hearing each other talk all the time <laughs> i'm sure yeah. mark and cam are sick of me so um <laughs> so anyway guys thanks for listening to the episode and uh, make sure you like follow and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from we're on all of the major platforms uh, make sure you share the show tell a friend together we're going to take over the uk photography podcast scene it's going to be uk domination so uh, make sure you, you jump on board the the, the bandwagon now Um, ready for when we make it big and uh, guys we're going to catch you on the next episode of the photography bar